0: Welcome to the Kingdom Educators podcast, where we empower Christian teachers to grab a hold of heaven's hope-filled perspective so you can activate transformational impact in your classroom and community. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to wake up to your strategic placement as a kingdom educator, anointed by the creator and equipped by all of heaven to release the radical goodness of God that will transform lives and reshape education. Deb Wallace. I am so excited to have you on the show today. And I just am appreciating that a year ago that we've met and I got to hear a bit of your story when we connected through a mutual teacher friend. And I just was excited because I've heard so much about you being strategically minded and teaching and connected with God in education and it was first in the classroom, but now it's says an administrator, which is super fun. But I just want to welcome you on and just thank you for the work that you're doing in the field of education, Deb.
1: Thank you so much, Jessica. So fun to be here and talk to you.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. And Deb is in Northern California, just south of Redding. In a little town called?
1: Anderson.
0: Anderson. I knew it started with an A. In the same county as Redding, Shasta County. And she runs a bilingual school, which she's going to share a little bit more about in a second here. But I just want to start out with, Deb, would you be willing to share a little bit about your background with us, with how God began speaking to you in relation to your role in education and kind of how you've grown in partnership and operating in your spiritual gifts
1: at school? Absolutely. I'd love to share about that. I'm actually a lot older than I look. <laughs> hey, that's a good gift. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been in uh, been a teacher, been in education for like 35 years now. Wow! And I f- first started as my husband and I were missionaries in Santiago, Chile, after we got married, and we I got to have my first teaching job there in an international Christian school. And then moved back to my hometown, Napa, California, and was one of the first bilingual teachers hired in the district. Oh, wow. So We started, both my husband and I became bilingual teachers. So I felt as a teacher and a believer, I mean, I was constantly kind of in this place of feeling attention, like how to bring my whole life together. I'm teaching in a public school. After those first two years in a Christian school, the whole rest of my career has been in public school Mm -hmm. and in California. And, you know, there's just this separation of church and state and you have to be so careful. Whole kind of a fear thing that the enemy wants to put on us as teachers and educators that Mm -hmm. you can't talk about God. You can't pray in the classroom, you know, just all these things that are part of what we believe is true, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was like, God, how do I bring all this together? How do I bring my, my believer side and kingdom side together with my teacher side? And how do I make that happen in the classroom? And how do I integrate myself, you know? And sometimes I would feel a little torn Mm -hmm. and I felt the Lord would sometimes speak to me in dreams. And one time I heard him say in my sleep. I want you to do school 100% from the tree of life. And so waking up and just being like, okay, God, what does that look like? And so that started a journey for me of actually just journaling and talking with my best friend, who's been my spiritual mentor, Mm -hmm. support person all these years, kind of hashing out what is the tree of life? What does that look, what's the fruit on the tree of life? Mm -hmm. And it made me realize also, you know, hearing some teaching about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. and what actually is on each of those trees and it made me realize how much of what we do at school is from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm. and so much about basically you did this here's your punishment we grade kids we're labeling we're just so much that happens that is you know following the law and fear-based and all that. None of that is from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. So even that list of infractions on the office referral, this is not a tree of life document, you know? So what does it look like to do school hundred percent from the tree of life? So we started exploring that in my school in Napa where by this time I was now principal and we started looking at different ways to do restorative practices. And how do we have these conversations with kids where they know that everyone makes mistakes and that Mm -hmm. they're not, you know, I'm not angry with you. Your behavior doesn't change how much I love you Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form.
0: Which is huge because we work in this industry that is so performance-based, like you said knowledge of good and evil. And so, yeah, yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) It's a really a big paradigm shift. (laughs) You know, how many times as a teacher do we say, I can't even look at you right now. You know, you're just done it too many times today, you know? And so the idea of relationships and developing relationships above all, and just all the different aspects of what, you know, bringing in love and, and kindness and peace and joy, and just what, what does that look like in the classroom? What does it look like in a school? What yeah. does a school culture look like that follows that? So around this time, I read this book called Dreaming with God by Bill Jensen, who's the pastor at the church we attend called Bethel in, in Reading. Mm-hmm. And through that, I got inspired, I don't know, just thinking about what would a school look like
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was done 100% from the Tree of Life? And I just got this dream in my heart to open a school in Reading, and we lived in napos three hours away, so <laughs> but we started thinking about someday moving up to this area, and you know this was like years and years that this dream stuck with me, mm-hmm. and I actually wrote out my charter of what you know we're a public charter school, so there's sixteen mm-hmm. elements that you have to address in your charter. So I actually started putting the wheels on the bus and writing out my charter and getting ready for that day when I was going to present it. And I had. God so you gave did this me-
0: like way ahead of time. You just wrote yeah. it all out as you were dreaming yeah. with
1: God. That's lovely. And, I love it.
0: <laughs> and so I
1: put the feelers out and like God gave me like these different divine appointments with people in Reading who were in, you know, superintendents of different districts and things like that. And I'd share, you know, my dream. And, you know, it was just like I could tell, OK, that was a great conversation, but I could tell there's no wind on this. You know, it was just like okay. time went on, time went on. Finally, we we did move up to Reading, and I started working for the county office, okay, as a leadership coach, and also as uh in the uh, youth services division as a director with foster youth, and mm-hmm. so it helped me to learn a lot about this area mm-hmm. and the demographics and where the you know, Spanish speaking students lived and all those. Oh, yeah. So and all the while I just had this dream that I was still carrying. And I kept asking God, is this just my dream? Or is this your dream Mm -hmm. with me? You know, is it Mm -hmm. just me? Am I just holding on to this thing that I don't need to hold on to? And I just could never shake it. Mm -hmm. And one day, We were getting ready to have a conference at Bethel. We would have kingdom in the classroom ministry at that time, and we would have conferences in the summer. So it was the night before our conference started, and I went up for prayer, and these two young guys, they were probably like 18 or 19, prophesied over me, and Mm -hmm. they didn't know me at all. (laughs) And one of them says, I feel like you have this dream that you've been carrying for a really long time and you're asking yourself is this just my dream or is this your dream and i'm like yes and he said <laughs> you got <"And> my number <laughs> yeah and he said and i feel like god is moving it to the front burner you wow. know it's been on the back burner for a long time he's moving it yeah. to the front burner and he's saying um and that you need to start sharing your dream and that within a week you're going to have five partners
0: I forgot this part. This is so amazing.
1: And I oh, was like, okay. <laughs> and so the conference started the next day and actually it was four, you're going to have four partners. Cause there's five of us counting me. Yeah. And so at the end of that week, I had four board members. Wow. Who were all incredible, amazing education, veterans and spirit filled. And like, caught the dream of this school and wow, it was like, what just happened. So we I still didn't have a school. It was still just a dream, but it was time to start praying into it mm-hmm. and just asking God to open those doors. And so my school in Napa was a charter school and I, I know how it works with districts and charter schools that it ebbs and flows. The relationship can always be strained because of Money and finances. And anybody who works in charter school knows what I'm talking about mm-hmm. that if they're in a good situation financially, then everything's fine. Okay. When they get their funding cut, they want to go after the charter school to try to take their the money. money back. And so it can be a difficult relationship. So I asked Scott, I said, I want to find a superintendent who says, I love the mission and vision of the school. I want the school in my district. I know it's going to be good for kids. And God, if we could have an empty school building, that would be really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so something I was leadership coaching at that time. And one of the gals that I was coaching, who's a new principal in Anderson, we were we were meeting one day and I just happened to mention her, well, I have this dream of starting a dual immersion, Spanish-English dual immersion school here in Reading. And
0: mm-hmm. she goes,
1: "Damn." You need to talk to my superintendent. We were just talking <laughs> about that this week. Uh, the parents are asking for something like that. And we don't have a clue how to do that. You need to talk to Jason. She gets on the phone with them right then. And and he says, uh, Deb Wallace, Deb Wallace. I keep hearing that name. I need to meet her. And so <laughs> we set up a meeting. And um, within 10 minutes of meeting Jason Province, the new superintendent in Anderson, he said those exact words. Wow. Said, I love the mission and vision of the school. I think it's going to be good for kids. I want it in my district. Oh, and by the way, we have an empty school building. You want to go see it?
0: Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, you are moving. So Yeah.
1: So that was kind of like goosebumps all over and I, yeah. I didn't believe it was real. So I said, okay, let's meet again in two weeks and give you time to think about it. And I want you to come up with all your questions and doubts mm-hmm. and concerns that you have at that time. And so we met again in two weeks. And I said, so hit me with it. What are your concerns? And and he said, truly, Deb, my only concern is that you are going to take this idea somewhere else and our kids are going to miss out on it. Oh, wow. So he's wanted you to stay and, and do again, this. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yes. So God had prepared this in my heart. This is kind of the amazing thing when I think back on it, giving me a dream years and years earlier and brought me through different experiences that have prepared me for when he had put all the pieces together mm. because he's not just about me, you know, Yeah, he's about me, but he's about everybody. Yeah. When we put our trust in him and you know, that's that whole thing of weight on the Lord, I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, knowing that he's moving, he's working mm-hmm. and that, When he had everybody in place, that's when the timing was right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how things opened up and it moved so quickly. It was like being on a people mover.
0: I felt like I had to (laughs) hold
1: on to the reins because we were going so fast and we were able to write a grant right away. Wow. The the board um, wanted our school. The city council members came and visited and said, you know, we're so excited that you're starting the school in our town and, you know, you don't even know what this means to us. We are very excited about this. And so it was, it was surreal.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine. It's probably an understatement at the time. (laughs) We started with zero dollars
1: and we wrote that grant for a startup charter and we were awarded $375,000. We were given the school building that was, had been empty for seven years. And it was like the storage unit for the district. So full of old desks and tables and chairs and anything you can imagine, science, equipment, you name it, it was there. And which you could use,
0: right? Like it was usable.
1: So we, yeah, so we started spreading the word with parents, getting parents on board, recruiting Spanish speaking parents from around the neighborhoods and it, just the school had had a water main break in the gym the year before. Oh. And so they had to completely redo the gym floor. And it got finished like the day school started. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> but right before it finished, we had, you know, we had all our kids were all enrolled, and parents were coming and volunteering and cleaning, power washing old desks and chairs and basically the whole school painting, you wow. know everything moving things here and there so that we get ready to open the school. And it was just such a group team effort. Already creating unity before the school even starts. Like yeah. so just love that the whole right. yeah, people coming together. So the night before they the, the gym floor, you know, the final on like it was a cement floor and then they put like a vinyl, like a basketball court kind of covering on it. The night uh-huh. before we had all the parents and kids come and we gave them all markers and we had them write, their blessings and wishes and dreams they have for the school and for their kids. Wow. So that covers our gym floor underneath the, you know, the covering floor. Yeah.
0: So can you read it through that or is it no, they're no, in no. there, but you, they're covered? And they're covered. Yeah. You can't read it. <laughs> But it's fun because it's in the foundation, it's like the, the foundation. blessing and their, their dreams and God hears them. I love That's that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right and uh we started you know it's just up through fourth grade and then each year we added a grade up through eighth grade okay so now we have two classes at each grade level and we started with 92 kids now we have 360 wow and so we're gonna continue to add that second class up through our middle school mm-hmm. so and then jessica we got this year this last year uh-huh. we got a grant from the state of california for 10 million dollars to wow! New construction for our oh middle goodness school goodness. wing. Oh my! Wow! And then just this fall, we were able to purchase the property next door to our school, which is eleven acres. Uh huh. Where we're going, it has a beautiful house where we're going to move our back office there. Okay. Uh, we can have you know staff development trainings and things there, but it has a huge front acreage where we're going to be able to build a full size gym.
0: Oh my right goodness. We have
1: a small gym. It's okay. like the smallest in our multi-purpose room. It's like the okay. smallest in our league. So we play everything in there. You know, we got basketball going on all the time and volleyball and everything. But we're, our dream is to have a big full-size middle school gym and we're gonna have a lot of kids, mm-hmm. Almost like our kids and we are right now we're, I think we are the largest school in Anderson. Dad, that's yeah.
0: amazing. God's been so faithful to this dream that he put in your heart years ago. (laughs) It's just one thing after
1: another. $10 million grant. I have to tell you one thing though, that really, I I think it was just like such a testimony of how God is working on these things. Like we have a dream, Mm -hmm. but he's partnering with us and he's putting things in place that we have no clue about. Yeah. And um, right after we got approved to start our school, we started doing like information meetings and things like that. And so I got a call from a local pastor, Pastor Peterson from, from Anderson, uh-huh. and he invited us to come and share about the school opening at a Sunday morning service. Oh, and wow. so we went and our team went. And I was sharing about that story about meeting with the superintendent mm-hmm. and how I prayed that that he would have a school building and all these things. And and they're all laughing. Like the whole congregation is laughing while I'm talking. (laughs) And finally, Pastor Perry came up and he goes, Deb, I'm so sorry. I have to tell everyone's laughing. And he said- Like their inside "Um, joke. (laughs) Yeah. He said, it's just because you think that this was your prayer that was answered. Mm. We have been prayer walking that campus for seven years. Wow since that school was shut down as a church. And that's oh what they do as a church once a month. They meet and they they call it, let's be the church. Mm-hmm. They meet and they go prayer walk a different part of their city, a neighborhood, or they prayer walk where the Whoa. courthouse and the government buildings are, or they prayer walk where the fire department is, and they prayer walk on every single school campus. Wow! So they had been... That's powerful. Every year for seven years they have been praying for that empty campus mm-hmm. that god would bring a principal who was a christian mm. that god would bring a new school that would be thriving and good for kids and bring more children into their neighborhood and the, the school that was dead would come alive again and so the first How strategic i love that I so good so we were just like Blown away at that. And it, it was such <laughs> a, an incredible testimony of how God had prepared this dream. Mm-hmm. Same time I was dreaming that dream in Napa, yeah. they were dreaming that dream and God brought it all together. Yeah. And so we prayer walked the campus together, if not that same day, within the next few weeks and mm-hmm. got words. We went under four corners of the property. We prayed forgiveness over any Mm. defilement or anything that took place on that campus that wasn't healthy or wasn't from the Lord. We just blessed the land and prayed God's blessing over this new work that was going to happen. And there were so many words that came out of that, that people saw like, like that school was actually grieving. And there was a sense that there was angels Mm. that had been stationed there. And they were Mm -hmm. waiting for this day when that school was going to open again. And there was the sense that this building is grieving. This land is grieving because Mm. there was a school that had been shut down because of lack of students, you know, like Mm -hmm. declining enrollment in the area. And that this was a renewal and our school has just been growing, growing, growing every year. And it's just the opposite thing that got then expanding our tents you know being able our school's 11 acres and mm-hmm. we just purchased 11 acres next door and so we have 22 acres now and it's like yeah. a habitat we literally have our own <laughs> outdoor education the habitat oh, wow. now we've got deer and a great horned owl and foxes and that's so beautiful of, of the creek and a pond and all these outbuildings mm-hmm. like uh shop buildings and maintenance buildings and a big giant bus barn. So we're, uh it's incredible. So now we're really dreaming again, like, okay, God, you gave us this prop. What do you want to see happen here? And what do, what do you want mm-hmm. to see our students being able to touch and, and learn? Wow. When you even think about the church
0: that you went to, to go speak about the school vision and the Lord, again, reminding you that this isn't just your dream and he wants to move in and through us. And we have no idea. Our Surrendered hearts to him are for so many other people. And I think about your new property and like, oh, sky's the limit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's the next people that are gonna come and go? We've been praying for this thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or someone in the community.
0: we had this idea, or Mm -hmm. oh, that's exciting. And the precipice of something new.
1: That happens all the time. I did want to share because I think for Christian teachers who work in public schools it's always a a question and, you know, it's always a challenge. It's like, how do I bring my faith in without, you know, crossing the line or without being too religious, things like that. And it's really, Mm -hmm. God has really showed me that he doesn't care about the religious language that we use, Mm -hmm. that he cares about bringing his nature and Mm -hmm. creating a culture that just flows with kingdom you know, a kingdom culture in your school. And you do that by just bringing the Holy Spirit in with you to your campus every day when you, when you arrive, because we're carrying the Holy Spirit in us. And when you are conscious and intentional about that, you're bringing in God's love. You're bringing in peace. You're bringing in joy, forgiveness, teaching kids about how to ask forgiveness of each other. You know, Mm -hmm. all these things that are flowing that fruit from the tree of life. And by the Mm -hmm. way, our school is named tree of life, international charter school. Which is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And our motto is where love is our first language. Oh,
0: I love that. That's so so good. Love is our first language. And
1: we do attract kids, very diverse, student population especially for our area which isn't that diverse we have the highest percentage of spanish-speaking students in all of shasta county and english learners and Mm -hmm. um we are able to take newcomer students who just arrived and don't speak any english at all we're able to take them at any grade level wow this year we have two boys a family actually family with five boys and three of them are school age. The two oldest are 14 and 10, and mm-hmm. they have never been in school in their life. Oh, wow. They, so were, they have some catching up to do. Yeah, they were living in a very dangerous situation in their home country, and my okay. mother never felt safe to be able to send them to school. Wow. So, oh, my. This 14 year old and 10 year old came not knowing any letters no numbers, no, nothing, not reading. And so, and they only speak Spanish, of course. And well, mm-hmm. not of course, but they only speak Spanish. Yeah. And so my husband who's retired now as a bilingual teacher, he had just mm-hmm. been praying like, God, I want to, I want you to show me what you want me to do. I feel like I'm supposed to be back involved with the school. Cause he helped me start the school. He was my first, first grade teacher, the first year we opened and oh, then, uh, the second year, and then he <laughs> that's amazing. Again. He'd already retired once, and he retired <laughs> again. And um, mm-hmm. so, because we just refire, right? Yes, and so <laughs> he's like, Lord, I, I really feel like I'm I've got the bandwidth, I want to do mm-hmm. something meaningful. And so, he had just said that to me. So, look for the thing that you think I'm, I should support with. And Mm -hmm. then that next day, my instructional coach said, Deb, if we could just find someone who could just work with these two boys, just on beginning reading skills and just bring them every day, you know, we need about an hour and a half with them every day to just work on reading. And Mm -hmm. so I said, call Steve. So she called him and he's been doing it from the beginning of the year, four days a week. He meets with them and they have grown so much. The seventh grader is now working at a fifth grade level in math. That's excellent. They're both oh my goodness! Reading on a second, third grade level in Spanish. They're learning English. I mean, it's just like we're accelerating like and learning so fast because they they're so focused on learning. They're like, we have the opportunity to learn and we want to, and so and of course they're just beloved boys, and we. Mm. all the kids love them all the teachers love them yes you know? so oh that, that helps <laughs> that they have a great yes. attitude you know too but yes anyway just a be, ton yeah just <laughs> know, it was. cesar is the 14 year old and he just had his birthday about a month ago and uh my office staff bought cupcakes and we came the hall and came in singing uh las mananitas to him mm. just happened birthday <laughs> in Spanish And he started crying and he was like wiping his eyes on his sweatshirt, you know, and it was just like so amazing that we get to touch kids lives like this and be able Mm. to transform what they're doing through just through love and intentionality.
0: And it's like restoration for this family, too, where they didn't even have a safe school to go to 100% for the kids and the and the parent or the mom. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, that is so neat. Deb, I feel like you shared so many amazing things. I know. I'm like, <laughs> do I have any other questions?
1: <laughs> so I, another thing I want to say, because I'm always about encouraging Christian teachers in public school, right? Yes, please. definitely yeah. like, how do you create that culture in your classroom? So one of my third grade teachers is a really strong believer and, you know, she prays for her kids all the time and we pray for all of our kids together and, and actually, this last year, one of my teachers started a Tuesday morning prayer time. So every Tuesday morning, a group of my teachers gets together mm-hmm. to pray for the school. So and they've been doing it faithfully for like a year and a half now. So, so good. And this one teacher participates in that. But she was mm-hmm. they do a thing in third grade every year, which is like a wax museum. So the students learn about a, a famous inventor oh, yeah. or innovator an innovator and then they choose who that is like albert einstein or tesla whoever that is and then they mm-hmm. dress up like that person they learn all about him and then we do a wax museum so they they come in and then you push their button and then they're, and they're like hello i'm albert einstein and i was born here and this is what i did in my life and this is what i invented and <laughs> so this year she had two boys in her class who said i want to be jesus and she said well we're doing wow. innovators and they they made a case for why why Jesus was well Jesus is the biggest innovator of them all he created everything and so she i don't know in her wisdom she decided okay. which one could <laughs> would do Jesus you know and so so when they do their wax museum they open up to the whole school and so all the other grade levels come in For a visit and they go around to each kid and they're just Mm -hmm. picture this, the whole room is kind of hopping where they're walking around and listening to these characters tell their Mm -hmm. and the kids are like learning from them, speaking. And so I was happened to get to Jesus, and there was a fifth grade boy with me. And so we hit his button and he told this whole story about being, you know, how he was Jesus and he was. Is born in Bethlehem, and (laughs) and he told all about you know I did miracles, and then I died on the cross, (laughs) but I raised from the dead three days later, and the tomb was empty. I mean, he just like had the whole story, and of course it was all in Spanish because we're (laughs) in school. And so at the end of his speech, the fifth grader asked him, "Do you know what Jesus's? I don't know if he said secret language or favorite language was, and he's like huh Uh -huh. i don't know he goes was it greek or you know and and the fifth grader goes no it's called parables and he said he told stories Mm. in parables so that the people who were ready to believe in him would understand and the people that weren't didn't understand and the third graders like listening going Oh yeah, that's right. And then he starts telling the parable of the sower and the seed, the fifth grader. That's so cool. Tells the story to the third grader. And he's like, and that's like us. We're that's in the so seed great. falls on the good soil and we believe and we grow. And it was just like, oh my gosh, what am I hearing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what am I walking into? And what, do what I, I want I to yeah. say is, is <laughs> we need to create that space For kids to be able to share the faith that's in them. Mm -hmm. And we can, we can fan that flame in them. And there's so many ways that we can give them opportunity to share, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're learning about the Lord, to share their experience with God, with their friends, Mm -hmm. with the other kids in their school. And you would be amazed. We have had kids Mm -hmm. that, you know, like someone gets hurt on the playground, another kid will run over and be like go in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Just pray for that kid right there and be like, are you better? That's so great. Okay, let's go. You know, things like that. And it's just like not from teachers (laughs) telling kids you have to pray for someone or, you know, actually that would be, that's Mm -hmm. so much less effective than what comes from a kid's heart that they know they're in a safe place where they can talk about their faith. And that they're going to be encouraged, and in every classroom in our yeah. school, they know they can say, "I love Jesus," mm-hmm. and "I prayed last night," or "I got baptized on Sunday," and you know they can share their stories. And we have talks. You know, some of our kids are like, "But what about Mary?" And they, you know, they'll they'll have conversations with each other, and they'll work through it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just creating an atmosphere and a culture where we allow kids we provide that safe space for kids to share their faith holy spirit can really move in our classrooms Mm -hmm. deb what do you
0: think that would look like practically because i know i have some people here for the first Mm -hmm. time they're praying over their desks and chairs when they come in in the morning they're trying to be people that are in charge of their atmosphere but this whole Mm -hmm. piece of like even not being afraid kind of like you alluded to in the beginning about how do i bring my faith Mm -hmm. into public school when there's like this unspoken heavy on don't talk but then yet give their kids, what What do you think are some easy practicals that people could grab a hold
1: of? Every year in November, we focus on a different character trait every month. And so every year in November, it's gratitude. And so we have all of our kids do gratefulness journals mm-hmm. and they start sharing you know, what they're grateful for. And those mm-hmm. kids that know the Lord will start with, I'm so grateful for Jesus. And teacher will ask, why are you grateful for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because he died for me. He died for my sins and things like that. And So, so like prompting questions, even exactly. modeling that you're not
0: afraid of what they're going to say.
1: And so that's one way that comes to mind. And then, and then we um, are doing generosity right now is our December trait. Kids are talking mm-hmm. about noticing others. We make videos where we'll go around and we'll have teachers share, um, what does generosity mean to you? And teachers on those videos will share, Mm -hmm. I prayed about something and this happened in my life because they're not teaching it. Mm -hmm. They're just sharing their experience. You know what I mean? They're not, we're not forcing kids to do this, right? but they're being real and being Mm -hmm. who they are and not having fear about, and they, they prayed for something and then, and then those get plastered all over, you know, and it's like, the kids understand that it's okay to say that I pray and we encourage kids, Mm -hmm. you know, we might ask them, do you, do you ever pray? And if they say, yeah, you know, when we have parent teacher conferences, we might ask, do you pray? Yeah, we do. Oh, that is awesome. I pray for kids too. You know, just Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. Yeah. If they're like, no, not really. Oh, okay, no connections, that's even with parents, great, you know, <laughs> you don't push anything, but also there's no fear yeah. to just have your spiritual side is an important mm-hmm. part of who you are and getting to know one another and being open about it is yeah. important. In February, we do kindness month every year and we, our fifth graders are our kindness coaches. So they get to wear the t shirt And then every day on the playground, Mm -hmm. they're all assigned to a lower grade class. (laughs) So they go and watch them on the playground and then in the classroom for a few minutes, like during their staggered recess, they're in the lower grade classroom. And then they give out a strip every time they see or hear kind words or actions. They award them with a little paper strip Mm -hmm. and then teachers put them together in a chain. So every classroom starts making their kindness chain They'll tell them thank you for being kind. Thank you for waiting your turn. Thank you for cheering your friend on. Thank you for going and getting that ball for that person. Thank you for helping that person up. Thank you for taking that person to the nurse. You know, just all the things. So our fifth graders are becoming like the role models of noticing, you know, what actions are happening and reinforcing. And we always start the first week. I give them all clipboards and I'm like, do tally marks every time you see an unkind thing happen or hear an unkind word spoken and do a tally mark every time you see a kind thing happen and hear a kind word spoken. And so they're tallying and I have them do it for adults and kids. You know, they're listening, observing, and we talk about how they're collecting data. Mm. And then we're going to review and analyze our data and see if it set a goal and see what we can do. And always that first data collection, we come up with, there was a lot of unkind things that happened. I saw Someone, you know, left someone out. I saw someone stole the ball and ran off. I saw someone laughed at someone. Just all these things that they're talking about. So we're like, wow, do you think that we can make a difference by reinforcing kind actions and kind words? Do you think we could change our culture? And so that's what we do throughout the month. And by the end of the month, it's like we do it again. And it's completely renewed. And the kids are like automatically cheering each other on waiting their turn, you know, helping one another. And then we bring all our chains together. We've created a few pretty cool videos. I think you can find them on our website where you can see our kindness chain, like around the entire playground. And the fifth graders are, you know, like holding it. And then we have oh, that's so this cool. last one. We had like a huge dance party in the middle of our kindness chain. All the kids came and danced with their fifth grade kindness coach. <laughs> <laughs> Drone shot. It was just really fun. But yeah. just celebrating all the time is—it's one of our our five core values—is celebration, and so just celebrating. Wow, we we set a goal and we yeah. we met it, and we've created that a culture of kindness and things like that, that you can do that just are bringing kingdom culture into your classroom, into your school.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that you put the older kids in charge because while they're tallying or noticing and writing on the strips, they're embedding in themselves like, oh, I should pay attention to what I'm doing in these areas. And then we know as teachers, if you can teach it, you know it. And for them, it's the same thing. It's like they're automatically being made aware of things. And then they're learning that whole culture of honor and affirming people on a regular basis to younger students and valuing them. It's
1: huge for teamwork. And for whatever reason, those fifth graders, they kind of start to get into cutting each other down and, you know, having digs and things like that is really common. And so it's perfect that they become the coaches because Suddenly they're like, oh yeah, we know this, you know, we can be role models <laughs> and it does transform it. We still have our dips and stuff, but they're real people, yeah. their kids are learning, you know, we're teaching, we're, we're loving, reinforcing and all this thing. Well, and
0: I just want to encourage people that are listening, Deb, you've told me not all your staff are believers,
1: right? A lot of them are, but not all.
0: And the reason I want to say that is because I think some people will be like, well, you run a charter school, but it's mostly Christians. And I just want to encourage you who are listening that there are a lot of unbelievers that go to Deb's school, including teachers, and just providing that space for your own self to say, yeah, my spiritual life is important. And it's important for me to recognize that it's okay for me to say things and even like, I don't know if you know this Deb, but even last year with the lemon laws being turned over, you do have a right to pray and you could pray anyway. Like we're in constant con- right. conversation. I hope, cause we need wisdom, right? <laughs> Big time in this profession, but that we're aware of yeah. that it's okay to pray before and after school it's okay yeah. to pray during lunch and that your prayers are powerful and effective as you push through and the atmosphere will shift and your own confidence grows as you work with friend holy spirit and so just as an affirmation to you teachers who are you know changing the tide in your own mm-hmm. classroom god is on the move and he does want to use you and just like deb shared these simple things it's just making mm-hmm. a little space he's going to move and it's going to be good
1: and I want to say that little church that had prayed for seven years, they continue to come and pray for us. And sometimes I'll have teachers that'll join and they'll come, you know, on a Sunday morning and we'll, I'll show up and pray. And the teachers will share things that they're struggling with, students that are having troubles. They'll go into the classrooms with us. Mm-hmm. They'll anoint the chairs. They'll pray over those kids. And we have seen miracles happen because of that. Each, and then so teachers good. will get, I'll report back to the church. What's happening, you know, just encourage your church to come and pray with you on the weekend and you yes. know, walk the halls yeah. with you and, you know, tell your principal, yes. hey, I'd, say, I'd like, I'd like to do this. I have some people that want to come and join me and we want to pray in our school on the weekend. And would that be okay? And, you know, they're going to say, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so good. It's not a bad thing to go and ask for people to pray for you. Like Deb said, on a regular basis, have you on their prayer list, but like share what's really going on so they can pray for breakthrough. But what if you asked if your mission team would even be willing to finance ideas and strategies that God gives you to bring a breakthrough in your school, because it's just powerful what can happen. Yeah.
1: I've always felt like we need churches need to recognize that every single teacher is a missionary and they are on the mission field every single day, transforming lives, bringing every strategy of the Holy Spirit into their classroom to try to help the kids that God's put in their their sphere of influence.
0: Yes. Well, thank you, Deb, so much for these amazing stories, testimonies, even the strategy ideas. It's been very, very powerful and helpful in just giving some gold nuggets. Thank you, Jessica. I'm,
1: I'm so proud of you and all that you have done to take this leadership role and in just helping teachers to feel empowered and knowing that they're not alone thank you. in their classroom, that there's others all over that are mm-hmm. supporting them, praying for them, that recognize that what they're doing is making a difference. So appreciate you and all that you do to encourage teachers.
0: Thank you so much. That means a ton. Well, thank you everyone for listening and hear from you soon, how God might be moving in your classroom or how you've been impacted by this podcast, because I know many of you have been encouraged and we just appreciate hearing back what's happening in your part of the world in education. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please visit kingdomeducators.com to receive your Kingdom Educator Daily Truth Declarations, my encouraging newsletter, and be the first to know about my newest resources online and in-person events. And be sure to find me on the socials at kingdom.educators. Until next time, don't forget you are a history maker and what you do every day is transforming lives.